Well, you can be seated. Welcome to Faith Church. We're, we're really glad you're here. Uh, next Sunday, we are uh, beginning a brand new collection of sermons uh, entitled Mindset Matters, and uh, it's based off a book that is releasing this week, written by yours truly. Man, we're, we, we're, we've been working hard on this for uh, at least a year, if not longer, and uh, it releases all this week. You can pick it up on Amazon. Uh, and of course, next week, I uh, will have copies available here that you can purchase as well. And uh, we're going to kick off this series, kind of walking through this book is written and based off of our seven mindsets that we have as a church. Uh, so this book is really uh, about us. It's about who we are and what God's called us to. And uh, so we're real excited to get this into your hands. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you personally and maybe to others that you know. And uh, also, not only that, but uh, we've got some really, really awesome uh, merch available next Sunday as well that you can pick up. We've got these black crewnecks, but then we also have this in a black hoodie and a white hoodie uh, we've got uh, these crew necks that'll be available in kid sizes as well. So next Sunday, bring your money. <laughs> Not just for the offering, but so that you can make sure you get a book, pick up uh, uh, some apparel, and uh, it's a lot of fun. We can't wait to get this into you. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. You can hold on to that uh, for me here. Can you hold that, Josh? Thanks. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's for you. You can keep that one. Yeah, it's yours. I'll sign it later if you'd like. It'll be... <laughs> I'm kidding. I am just, just kidding. Well, today we want to wrap up and finish uh, this collection of sermons that we've been uh, that we've entitled "Seeds," and we've been looking at the process that God wants us to walk through of planting seed, of tending to it, of watering it, of waiting and waiting and cultivating and pulling weeds, and then. Of course, letting the light shine onto the seed so that it can grow. And that's what we've been looking at. And, and we've not just been talking about like personal goals, although I think that's an appropriate way to look at it. Habits and patterns and goals that we set for our own lives so that we can grow and develop and progress. But as also as it relates to our personal faith, uh, because God wants your faith to grow. God wants my faith to to grow, where we're, where we're continually changing and being transformed to be more like Jesus, unless like the old version of ourselves. God, God, Jesus didn't die just so that you could get to heaven and be a better person. No, he died because without him, we would be lost and helpless, but with him, we can do all things and we can grow and develop and mature. And that's what God wants for our lives. Just like a plant that you would plant a seed in the ground, your hope is that that seed would actually grow and produce something, right? You actually want it to flourish. You want it to grow. And we believe that God wants your life to flourish in every area of your life. And that's what we've been talking about in this series. And uh, I, 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 over the last several messages, we've kind of been diving into it. And today I want to jump into uh, this final installment, uh, and it, the title of the message today is Repeat It. Everybody say, Repeat It. Repeat. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Read some verses, verses uh, 6 through 11. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. 
And uh, if you want to follow along, you can pull out your smart device, connect to our guest Wi-Fi here, or if you're watching online, you can go to faithchurchks.org, faithchurchks.org, and click on the card there that says Sermon Notes. If you'll click onto it, you'll be able to see all of these scriptures, take some notes if you'd like, and follow along with us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6, this is what... The Apostle Paul, he, he's writing and he says these words. He says, remember, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Makes sense, doesn't it? But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Why? Because grandma was right. You reap what you... Yeah, grandma didn't make that up. God did. Amazing. No, Grandma isn't God. <laughs> but I'd clarify that in case you were wondering. No, God is God, and he says that you reap what you, what you sow. But he goes on to say this. You must each then to decide in your heart how much to give. In other words, decide in your heart how much to give because the, the, the measure or the amount that you use to give or plant or so is the measure that you're going to receive back. So the amount isn't determined by God, it's determined by you. In the sense of, if, if you want to sow something and get just a small return, we'll just do the bare minimum. But if you want to see a larger return, you've got to do a, a little bit more to get that measure back. Right? You, you can't uh, prep cookies, uh, homemade chocolate chip. Warm out of the oven, cookies, right? Like, like if you've got a recipe and you follow that recipe and that recipe is measured out to produce 12 cookies, you can't follow that same recipe and expect that that exact recipe is going to get you 36 cookies. Although, let's believe in miracles. God can multiply loaves and fishes. Let's multiply some chocolate chip cookies. I'm all about it. But the law of reaping and sowing is what you sow is what you will reap. And so he says, you've got to decide in your own heart what you're going to give. How your, your level of participation has to be a decision you make. Don't be manipulated, he says. So don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. He says, God loves a cheerful or willful and joyful, willing giver. That's who God loves. And then he goes on to say this, and God will generously provide all you need. That's good news. Who's going to provide it? God's going to provide it. You're not your provider. God's your provider. Your boss is not your provider. God is your provider. Your honey boo bear is not your provider of satisfying love. God is. Some of you are like, honey boo bear? Yeah, I know. Some people come up with the weirdest nicknames. And no, that's not one we use in my house in case you were judging me. <laughs> and God will provide generously all that you need. Then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed 
to those he knows will sow and bread to those who need to eat. Seed for those who sow and bread for those who need to eat. In the same way, he will provide, and I love this. This is the kind of God that we serve. He will provide and increase. God's not afraid of you increasing in your life. He's not afraid of you increasing in your joy. He's not afraid of you increasing in your finances. God is not afraid of you increasing your standard of living. God is not afraid of you increasing in your capacity and understanding and knowledge. God wants you to increase because he's an increasing God. It's just what he does. And your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, oh yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So that you can always be generous. I love what the, the, the author of this uh, chapter is saying, Paul. He's writing and he's saying, listen, God wants you to not only have provision, he not only wants to give you seed so that you can put it in the ground and sow something, but he also wants you to, to experience true harvest where you can reap in such a way that you have more left over, that there's an increasing. In other words, what he's telling us is what we've been studying this whole series, that if you are willing to plant it, it's gonna grow. If you're willing to put the effort, if you're willing to put the seed in the ground, something will be a result at the end. The question is, what do we do with the harvest or the product or the, the, the progress? What do we do when we begin to achieve the goals that we've been setting? Like, like, what do you do when you begin to see a little bit of transformation in your life? What do you do when uh, you, you realize that you were not where you wanted to be in your spiritual life, but now you're starting to see some, some change. You're, you're not nearly as angry as you used to be. I mean, you're not, you're not an angel yet, but you're not as angry as you, as you used to be. You've seen some change. There's been some progress. There's been some more joy. There, you, it's not that you don't have trouble still forgiving. It's just that you don't wait as long to forgive this time. See, you've started to change. There's been some, what do you do when you start to reap the harvest? How do you handle success and achievement? I, I think uh, it's good to celebrate things. I think it's good to celebrate. I think that, that when we celebrate it, it, it gives honor and credit back to the one who gave it to you. I think it's good to celebrate. I think it's good to celebrate with people who are being water baptized. We're giving credit to God for the lives that he's been changing. It's good to celebrate those things. It's good to celebrate achievements like writing your first book. It's worth celebrating a little bit. I'm kind of excited, super nervous. I hope you like it. If you don't like it, don't tell me about it. Pretend like you do, right? Like, like there's some excitement. I think our celebration ought to mirror the level of the achievement. I don't think it's wrong to celebrate. I think excessive celebration is a problem, though. I mean, seriously, you don't need to do a touchdown dance every time you move the ball five yards. Let's get real. Right? Like, you don't need to start a home run trot just because you hit the ball hard. Wait till it goes over the fence to start your home run trot. Right? Like, just because little Johnny is six and he finally finished a full season of indoor soccer doesn't mean you need to go celebrate by signing him up with an agent. And just because they participate, all right, I better stop now. I'm going to make somebody mad. 
Some things are definitely worth celebrating, but we can't over-celebrate. So what do we do when we see some achievement, when we see some progress, when, man, we're really seeing some things develop and flourish, and and we're starting to see the, the harvest show up in our lives? What do we do? See, because what you do with what God is growing now determines what happens next. How you handle the harvest and the blessing and the change and the transformation and the growth today will determine what you get to experience tomorrow. We not only want to be taken care of today, give us this day our daily bread, we want to make sure that tomorrow we have bread too. And not that we have the same amount of bread because we just read in 2 Corinthians that God wants to give you more. I think we've got we've to look at how do we handle the achievements, the success, the progress. See, a lot of times, uh, we, we in our lives, we, when we start to get a little excited, we start to see a little bit of movement or a little change or a little progress, a lot of times we stop and we actually start shrinking backwards. Why? Because we get disappointed that it didn't measure up to our imagination. Like, I, th- I thought I would be further than I was. I thought it'd be, I mean, I thought it'd be, different. I mean, I came up out of the water. I was just wet. Like, when Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens parted, a dove showed up, God started talking. I'm like, these people, they get up and people are like, yay, like, come on, I thought it'd be different. And because of our disappointment, we stop. I think when it comes to like health goals, I think that's why a lot of us, like, we do it for a little while, we see a little progress, but like, we're like, ah, this ain't happening fast enough, I'm out of here. Right, like if every time I did an ab workout, it immediately showed, I'm in. Right, like I'm all about it, but it doesn't work that way. It takes a lot of ab crunches to get rid of those donuts, unfortunately. Right, and so because we don't see the progress that we wanted, we shrink back and we, and we mail it in. Not only that, but I think sometimes what we do when we start to see change we start to develop we start to grow and mature a little bit we start seeing that the the second thing a lot of times that we do is this we just start consuming it and we just settle right there like oh it's good i'm gonna i'm gonna settle right here this is good this is good rhythm i i gave this god thing a try and every time i show up it feels good that i show up at church and i feel better than when i when i first got there so that's good i'm I'm gonna do that i I might serve for a little bit but but you know what i I don't want to get too crazy let's just maintain this a little bit let's Let's just do just enough that life doesn't completely fall apart. But as soon as we start recognizing that life falls apart, man, we'll make sure we show up again on Sunday. We'll make sure we say our prayers again. We'll make sure we call a group. We'll make sure that we change some things when it starts to fall apart. But until then, we're just going to hold. We'll, we'll kind of do a little bit here. We'll attend every six, seven, eight weeks. We'll, we'll kind of follow along. We'll like it online and share it. And we'll just watch from our couch from now on since they're streaming. But but if it gets really shaky and life really starts to throw me a tur, I'm gonna jump, I'll be there that time. And so we, we try to maintain. Friends, God didn't call you to maintain your change. He called you to multiply it and grow. God is not a maintaining God. God is a multiplying, growing, ever-increasing God. He wants you to do more with what he's given you. He wants to grow you beyond what you think you can do. And so that's why we can't just see the produce show up and stop right there. Be like, hey, we had a good harvest. That was a good year. 
you've got to plant again. You have to repeat the process again. Because if you don't plant seed today, you're not going to have a harvest tomorrow. And if you have a harvest today that is bread for you to eat, but you don't need to just eat the bread today, you've got to turn it into seed to plant so you have bread tomorrow. And so God wants us to continue to grow and multiply. So I think the, the proper thing to do is that we want to use the, the harvest, the change, the, the growth today to fuel us for momentum for more so that we keep growing, we keep transforming, we, we keep expanding and growing. And the writer of 2 Corinthians, Paul is trying to get us to understand it. He's, he's using money to illustrate to us that God not only wants you to, to give a little, but whatever amount you made a decision to trust God with, God says he's gonna multiply it back to you. And he's using this money. And some of you are sitting here and you're, you showed up to watch somebody get baptized and you're like, I knew it, I knew it. Show up to church, they're going for my wallet. And you're like, I ain't lifting my hands in worship because I don't trust nobody next to me. Listen, listen, we don't take offerings up. We don't pass a bucket. If you want to give, you can. There are boxes at the end of every section every week you can give. You can give online if you want, but it's a choice that you get to make. We're not going to manipulate you. We're not going to beg you, and we're not putting bouncers at the door or people stealing your spark plug, and we're not giving it back until you give the right amount. Like, that ain't happening. So just take a deep breath. I want you to understand that the Bible is talking absolutely about how you handle your money in this passage. But don't miss this point. God only uses money as a means to grow your faith. He doesn't need your money. The universe is doing just fine, thank you. His bottom line is not hurting. He's all right. The kingdom of God is recession-proof. He owns it all. He doesn't need your money, but he asks us to look at how we manage money, and he talks to us about dealings with money, and he uses money as a method or a means by which to grow our faith so that you can develop and grow. This is why we do things like Financial Peace University as a, as a connect group. Because we believe that when you can begin to discover God's way, what God has to actually say about money, and you begin to align your life with how he's asked you to live your life financially, I believe that you will begin to see God's blessing financially when you begin to trust God with your money because it's not about your money, it's about your heart. And God wants to grow. And, and you can't escape it. It's what it's talking about. And so if you're at a place where you've been maintaining in your finances, or maybe you're at a place where you have struggled and struggled and struggled, and you have fight after argument after adult discussion in your home about money, it's time to break the cycle and plant some different seeds when it comes to your money. Maybe do something different, and you'll experience something different. You need to take a step. Sign up for financial peace. Do it. Be a part. Take that next step and see what God might do. Why? Because he's trying to get after your heart and grow your, your faith. But he always will use money as a means to it. Why? Because your heart has a death grip on the money in your life. 
Wherever your money goes, that's where your heart goes. That's what Jesus said. So God uses money just as a way to teach us about our, our life. And so in this passage, we read that God says, hey, I, I, want, to, I, want, you, I want you to understand that when whatever you decide to give, I'm gonna give back to you. And I'm gonna increase and provide. So what do we do when we start to see the increase and the growth and the, and the change in our lives and we start to see God's blessing in our lives? I, I wanna share three things with you that as you begin to grow and gain, we can learn these same principles from this passage as it relates to money, but it relates to more than just your money. Whatever you're, you're, you're trying to see growth in, the life, your faith growing. Here's the first thing that I, that I want us to understand today that I think is taught in this passage. Number one, be willing to enjoy it. When you see change, when you see growth, enjoy it. When you recognize that because you're giving, that God is giving back to you, enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the blessings of God in your life. Enjoy what it is that you're reaping. Uh, express gratitude. When you express gratitude, you're giving God credit for it. When you give God credit for it, joy shows up in your life. It's just the way. Look, look at Proverbs. Proverbs 10 verse 22 says this. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say it makes them greedy. Didn't say it makes them poor. The blessing of the Lord, when it's evident in your life, it's gonna make one rich. But listen, and he adds no sorrow to it. In other words, you don't need to feel guilty about the fact that you're living godly principles and God is rewarding you for it. You don't need to feel guilty about it. You don't need to feel guilty about that, the, the things that God is doing in your life as a result. You don't need to feel guilty about the fact that your marriage is flourishing and it's a great relationship. Just because everybody else around you is miserable in their marriage doesn't mean you've got to hide the fact that you've got a great marriage. Why? Because you know there's been a process to reap that harvest and that benefit. We've got to stop looking at other people's successes, other people's achievement, and criticizing it. But they're just greedy. All their guys having money. More of this, more of that. Stop it. You don't know the pain or the process or the patience it took to plant those seeds to get the harvest that they're experiencing right now. God doesn't add sorrow to his blessings, and we shouldn't either. In fact, God delights in giving you not just what you need, but even the desires of your heart. You ought to be able to enjoy those things. Enjoy those blessings. Enjoy the growth and the transformation. Enjoy it a little bit. It's all good. God wants to give you that, that bread to eat. He wants to supply what you need, when you need it. God likes to give us more than what we need in a moment. He likes to give us more than what we need in a moment. And he gives it to you so that you can enjoy it. Like that's why he said, I'm gonna give seed to the sower and bread to those who need to eat. He wants you to eat and be satisfied. Eat and enjoy it. Again, today's harvest is really about enjoying it, but recognizing that it's also seeds for the future. It's not just about taking it now, it's about something in the, in the future. Several years ago, my wife and I, uh, 
we were living in North Carolina, and we had two kids at the time, and a third was on the way. And at the time, we had two cars. We had a, uh, a small five-car, or uh, five-person uh, Mazda Protégé. Uh, side mirror had fallen off, all sorts of fun things going on with that sucker. Uh, and then we had a silver Volvo. This thing was like a metal tank on wheels, man. Leather seats, it was wonderful. It was a big old beast to drive around. And uh, we were at a point where uh, we were in our life where our family was growing and our car situation was kind of changing, but, but this silver Volvo, it was a blessing. It had provided transportation for us. It was bread that we got to eat. But we also knew that God had started stirring on our hearts that this blessing that we had in our life needed to become seed into somebody else's life. So he started speaking to our hearts about giving the car away to a young couple who needed a second vehicle. And so we prayed about it and we said, all right, God, yeah, we'll sell that. And God's like, I didn't say nothing about selling. Like, okay, okay, God, we'll take it and we'll trade it into the dealer to get a better car for us. That must have been what you said, God, because that's what our need is. I was like, no, I said, I said, give it away. But you know what we did? We gave it away. It was bread in one season, and when we had enjoyed it and it met our needs, God said, now it has to become seed for the next season. And you know what happened after we gave that car away? We were in a spot. We still needed another vehicle. We wanted a, a minivan. You know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> like nobody came knocking on our door seven days later and saying, I got a brand new 2017 van for you. Like, no, none of that. I wonder what it was. You know what happened? God says, hey, that was seed for you to sow. That's great. The answer to your prayer isn't coming in more bread the answer to your prayer is coming with more seed. So he gave us seed to sow. What does that mean? That means we showed up to the dealer. We talked about it. We haggled them down. And uh, he, we had the capacity and the budget to be able to make a van payment. So you know what we did? We seeded some money to that van, that company. That car dealer made some money on us. But it provided what we needed in that season. See, sometimes we're asking God for things and we're expecting it to come in full, full package deal. But it doesn't. Most of the answers to our prayer come in seed form. Some of you have been praying to make a significant impact in your life and it showed up in, in a package of six pounds, 11 ounces, colicky, won't sleep at night, seed form that you get to train and teach them about the ways of God, and as they grow older and choose not to depart from his ways, there is a satisfaction and an understanding of your purpose in life. But it doesn't show up all put together and nice. Oh, if they did. But it's gonna come in C form. Listen, it's not just about your money, though. Listen, listen to how Jesus said in Luke chapter 6. He said it like this. He says, don't judge and you will not be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Uh, give and it will be given to you. Listen to this next part. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So not only do we need to enjoy the things in our life, I think the second principle is that we need to measure it. You gotta measure it. I have on the stage here with me um, several measuring cups. 
several measuring cups and uh, teaspoons and uh, quarter cups, half cups, full cups. I got, I got all sorts of measurements up here. I don't think it's wrong that we measure things. What, what gets to be a problem is when we measure the wrong things or with the wrong motives. Comparing what's going on in your life to somebody else's life, that's not a good idea. But counting what is in your possession is good stewardship. Comparing your financial status to somebody else's financial status is not good. Don't do it. But counting and knowing how much is in your bank account, that's a great idea. I highly recommend you do that. Counting is good. Comparison isn't. Counting is good. Comparison isn't. And God says you need to measure it. Whatever measure you use is gonna be measured back to you. And it's not just about money. It's about all sorts of things. You know, as a church, we, we count stuff around here. You know that in the Bible, there's an entire book called Numbers. It's an accounting of things. It's an accounting of things. There's an entire book, and so we count stuff all the time. Not, not to compare ourselves with some other organization or to compare our church with another church. No, no, we count so that we can celebrate it accurately. We count things like last year we had 151 people say yes to Jesus. Uh, we counted things like last year we had 45 people go public with their faith and be water baptized. We celebrate things like we gave away over $50,000 to help invest in local and global outreach products. You can get excited anytime you want now. We had over 228 first-time guests. We have over 200 people who participated in a small group. Our average attendance went up by over 170 people every week. We count some stuff around here. You're just about the numbers. Sorta. Counting is called good stewardship. Well, you just want to be bigger. Well, yeah, you know why? Because every number represents a name. Every name represents a broken story. And every broken story needs to meet its redeeming healer. And his name is Jesus. You got to count. You got to measure. But it's not just about money. It's not just about those things. It's, it's whatever you decide to measure that's what's measured back to you. So, so Jesus said, like, hey, if you want to take a little bit of measuring and, and have a little bit of joy and give somebody a joy, a little bit of joy, we come back to you. So if it, you want to measure goodness, you want to measure your, your greed, if you want to measure your offense, you want to measure your anger, you want to measure uh, your forgiveness or your not forgiveness, you get to choose the measure. And whatever measure you use, it's, 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 it's what? It's measured back, it's measured back to you. The same measure that you decide to use. I use a teaspoon, I use a, a quarter. Oh, here, here's one. I'm going to use this one for a little while. I'm going to measure this. You get to pick what it is that you're measuring out, by the way. I'm picking coffee because I like coffee. <laughs> Smells good up here. You get to choose what it is that you sow. You get to choose what it is that you, you get to, you get to choose your crops. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose good relationships and I, I'm going to be a good friend. I'm going to choose good grades. And so as a result, I'm just going to keep sowing seed into my study time. Every time I study for a test, I'm just sowing good seed. Why? Because the same, whatever you're sowing, guess what? That's what you reap. You reap what you sow. You reap what 
kind of things you sow, those are the kinds of things you get to, you get to reap. It's not just about money. But not only is it, is it not just about those things, we got to understand that you also reap more than what you sowed. Right? Like you got this, what is this one? I got a quarter cup right here. You take a quarter cup of, let's say, uh, a quarter cup of forgiveness. I'm going to give a quarter cup of forgiveness. I'm not going to fully forgive them, but I'm just not going to give them dirty looks anymore. <laughs> quarter cup of forgiveness. The Bible says that same measure, God measures that back to you. But he does it different because he's a gracious God. He, he, he does more than what you do. He's going to see it and raise you some because he always wants to provide and increase. In fact, scripture that we read says he takes it a good measuring job, takes a good measure, and then he presses it down, takes all the air out of it, presses it down, shakes it together, and now it begins to run over. That's what God puts back in our lives. So when you sow, I, I need to, I need to spend a little time today. I'm running low. I got a lot of things that I got to do today. I'm busy all the time. But I'm going to take the first bit of my day and I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to spend some time in his word. That same measure, God says, I see your time and I'm going to make you more productive. I'm going to give you a good measuring of productivity today. Press down, shaken together. It's running over. I'm going to bring that back into your lap today. I ain't got time to spend time with God. No, you don't have time not to put God first. I'm going to, man, I, my wife has been really negative lately, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a decision that instead of being negative back to her, I'm going to give encouraging words back to her. And that same measure of encouragement you use, God says, I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to send a messenger to you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, and running over, it's going to come back encouragement back into your life and lap. Why? Because God always gives you more than what you sowed. It's not that we just reap the kinds of things that we sow, but we reap more than what we sowed because he's a multiplying God. And that's the third thing you need to understand is that God wants to multiply more than what you plant because he's gracious and he's good and he's slow to anger and abounding in good deeds. He wants to bless you and give you the little desires in your heart, the things that you would just make your life so good, but you've never even prayed about it. God's like, watch me. I'm gonna wink at this person and they haven't been even thinking about it. I'm gonna bless them. That happened this week to one of my friends. God blessed them in a, in a really special, specific way. And they didn't even pray. It was just a thought in their mind for a couple days. That'd be kind of nice to have that. I'd really like to have some of that. Good measure. Press down the desires in your heart. God hears them, knows them, and he's going to give it back into your life. The same measure that you use, it's measured back to you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together, running over. Why? Why does God do more? Because he doesn't want to just meet your needs. He wants to give you more so you have seed to sow for the next season. And it's not just about continually you know, measuring, whatever it is that you measure, you measure it. Friends, God doesn't tell you the measure to use in most cases. You get to choose the size of scoop that you use. 
And whatever size scoop you decide to use, time with him, love for other people, anger, gossip, you pick the subject, you pick the seed. Whatever it is that you're measuring out, God says, I'll measure it back. You, you, could, you could just start by, I'm just gonna give God a little bit of money anytime I show up. It's a little, that's great. And God's gonna use that little bit and measure it back to you. Some of you are like, I'm gonna move up and I'm gonna start giving to God a little, I'm just gonna do it consistently. It's not quite, you know, a lot, but it's, it's you know, 3%, but I'm gonna do it every week, 3% to God every week. And you know what's gonna happen? God's gonna take it, good measure, press down, shake it together. He's gonna return it back to you. But then some of you are like, I'm gonna move to the biblical standard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start tithing 10%. That's the biblical standard that scripture teaches us. I'm gonna start doing that. You know what happens? You start doing that after time, you're gonna reap what? What you sow. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But you could upgrade to a bigger measuring stick. You could say, I'm gonna give above and beyond. I'm gonna do more than what's expected. I'm not just gonna be kind to the person so that they don't think I'm a rude Christian. I'm actually gonna be encouraging to them, right? I'm gonna do more than what's expected. I'm gonna start giving that away and giving that away. And you start living a generous life in every arena. What happens? Those things come back to you because the same measure you use is measured back to you. Whatever measure you use, it's measured back to you. And God gives you more so that it just becomes a momentum builder so that when you receive, you plant again and you receive and you plant again and you receive and you plant again. Why? Because he wants you to continue to flourish at every stage and corner because you're not limited to a simple measuring stick. You get to choose the amount you measure. You can take it all and say, God, you gave me it all. I'm gonna give you all, that all of my worship, all of my adoration. It's your money, not my money. I'm gonna give it to you and it's good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over. And I'm just gonna be growing in my generosity. You know what happens? You start living overflow in your life and God's peace and his love and his joy and his provision and his finance. It's in your life. And you know what you get to do? You get to pour it right back. I, this is making a mess and I love it. And you pour it right back. Why? Because the same measure you use, it's coming back. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. God isn't a God of abundance. He's not a God of lack. He's not a minimalistic God. He's not a, a controlling or a manipulative God. He's not a God who's greedy and money grubbing. No, he wants his best for your life and he's trying to get you to understand that if you want to experience God's best, it all starts because you reap and you sow. You sow and you reap and then you reap more than what you sowed so you can sow more than what you sowed last time and it keeps growing in every arena of your life. In every arena of your life. My question to you today is, as you look at your life, what is it you need today? You need friends? Time to sow seeds of friendship to somebody else. What is it you're believing God for? Where is your need? Sow a seed. Because God's answer to your need is not gonna be bread. It's gonna come in seed form. Do you have a need? Sow a seed. Are you enjoying the blessing in some area of your life, in a relationship, or in your spiritual growth, in your faith? 
maybe it's time not to just enjoy that moment, but maybe it's time to expand and take another step and start measuring bigger. This week, I want to challenge you. Find a seed to sow. And find an arena in your life where you can sow more than what you normally did. Where you can give away more than what you used to give away. If you have a need, sow a plant, a similar seed. And in all things, and in all ways, God is able to make all grace abound to you. We serve a God who does exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you would expect to receive because you planted it in seed form. Over and above that, that's what God wants to do in your life. In every arena, in every capacity, we sow, we reap, and we sow some more. And we reap some more, and we sow some more. That van that became a great blessing to our family, ended up paying it off. We, by God's grace, faithfulness, stewarding, budgeting, we were able to pay it all off where it became ours, and we didn't owe a dime on it. Recently, God said, hey, you know how you've been enjoying that two-car life? That bread that was so satisfying for seven years now? Yeah, that seed to sow. Seed to sow. So you know what we did? We obeyed God. Guess what's happened? Nothing. Except God is faithful. Whatever you plant, you're going to reap. It's a principle that we live by. I don't tell you that to say, hey, look at me. Because if that's what you're hearing, check your heart. I'm, I'm trying to understand and be as practical as I can. It's not just about money. God is using money as a way to get a hold of your heart because he wants you to grow. He wants you to impact the world. He wants you to change your family dynamic and your tree to where the bitterness that always defines your family, it no longer defines your family, to the hatred that has been pent up, to the abuse, the sexual uh, addiction, all of those things that used to define you don't define your family anymore because he gives you more than what you sowed. And when you sow what you reap and you reap and you sow it again, it's a growth process. God wants you to flourish. We want you to flourish. Some of you are sitting on some seed that you need to give away. Some of you are sitting on some forgiveness that you need to finally give. Some of you are sitting on on some kindness that you finally need to give. Some of you are sitting on some finances that you need to actually begin to participate in God's plan. Some of you are sitting on abilities and you haven't started serving and you need to get up and start serving. If you have a need, plant a similar seed and watch what God does in your life in every area. Can we pray together? Father, 
Lord, you're, you're so good to us. Your grace abounds towards us. God, I pray for those listening and watching. God, I pray that you would stir in us the faith to take a step. God, some of us are just at like a, a half teaspoon with some of these things. And our time with you and our faith, our belief in you. God, help us to, to give that, but then to measure more next time and to, to do more, to grow in our capacity. God, because you're developing something in us that's transforming. Lord, may we continue to grow and go, as your word says, from, from glory to glory, from good thing to better thing, so, to healing, to more wholeness, to helping others heal. God, it would just be a continual growth. May we never stay the same again. But may we keep making gains for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord today? Praise God.